Honestly, if you need if if any Patriots fans have a have a doubt in Cam Newton, just go tune over in his Instagram page. And if that doesn't fire you up for that dude to be under center this year, then you shouldn't watch football. I don't care, honestly, for the intro. Whatever y'all want to do is fine with me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't want it to be, like, corny, you know what I mean? That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are we calling this thing? Have we? Is that what, is Big Guards what we're going with? Shit, that's cool with me. I don't know what you got. Anything else? Hey, that's more than okay with me. You know the vibes. <laughs> All right. For people at home listening, if you think this is going to be some like super analysis about basketball and stuff, like you tuned into the wrong program. I, <laughs> I think out of all the sports we talk about, basketball might be number eight or nine on the list. Maybe, <laughs> Literally. Maybe as the season goes on, like if we get to the season, we'll talk more about like our seasons. But if you think we're going to like give you some like super in-depth, like, film study of like what James Harden's doing or like give you some like educated basketball takes like this is not it like there's other programs for that yeah <laughs> so we don't know about the intro at all shit welcome back to the big guys <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all ready yep, yep. all right um <laughs> what's good everybody welcome to I guess this is the first official uh episode of the Big Guard Podcast. I am one-third of the group. I'm Nick Sherrod. I'm joined by the Golden Brothers, Grant and Bryce. How y'all boys doing? Hey, man, hanging in there in this bubble life. You know how it is. You know, just another day. Me and Nick are here together at the University of Richmond, and uh, we're, we're. it feels like we're a track team here to start out the bubble. To be honest, it feels like Richmond added a new track team. But uh feels good to be back on campus with uh, all you guys and hopefully we can progress here and maybe touch a basketball here in the next week or so so we'll see yeah we have, we literally haven't been doing anything basketball related since we got here we got here like last Wednesday uh, at Richmond and we literally have just been outside in the heat uh, <laughs> doing nothing uh, Bryce what you guys going what you guys got going on up there in Butler man we did the we went the complete opposite way we uh we had a lift on I want to say it was Monday, our first, my first lift. And I didn't, like, I thought we were going to knock the dust off a little bit. Man, I was sweating in the warm-up in there. I was like, oh, my Lord. But then, you know, we've been on the court. I've been on the court the last two days. Uh, you know, just lights up a lot of shots. You know, just trying to get everything back, you know, just adjusting. And, but, yeah, at least I've touched the basketball, so that was good. Uh, well, we haven't literally no basketball and it feels like by the time we get back on the court it's gonna be we're gonna be so bad it's gonna it's gonna be terrible yeah yeah and I feel like we're also the only team in the country that didn't touch basketball all the stuff I'm seeing on Twitter is lots of I mean some teams are looking like they're having full practices out there essentially um but I mean everybody has their own way I hope everybody's being safe with it uh, I hope our process moves a little faster, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> How's the heat up there in Indy, though, Indy, though Bryce? That's the biggest thing. Um, it's actually been raining a lot, so that's not – it's been a really nasty, like, hot, humid kind of thing going on. 
But unfortunately for me, I haven't been working out outside much. So the, the extent of my outside time is from the car into the gym. So not too bad for me. Yeah. Here, it's been like, it's been like 80 some degrees, but it's been like 100% humidity in the morning. And I feel yeah. terrible. So I, can't imagine. I, 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 imagine. Wish, I wish a couple of our things would get canceled because of the rain. That's, that's my <laughs> So uh, I guess like, what, what have y'all been thinking the past couple of months? Like, with all this quarantine and stuff, like, what are y'all thinking? How does it feel to be finally back on campus? I know for me, like, it's been, like, it's been weird because I feel like I'm so used to just, like, not doing anything and, like, just being at home. Like, I didn't think I'd ever get used to just not doing anything. But, like, now we're back. And, like, for real, I've just been in the room and played set records for hours on the game and stuff. But other than that, I haven't really been doing anything. Yeah, no, I mean, the biggest thing here is just, obviously, we've all been uh, around people. Like, Grant and I were at home and, you know, when we're home, it's it's normal. But now it's like it's a new normal now where, you know, you're seeing people on campus that you hadn't seen in months. But, you know, you're staying 10 feet away from each other. And you got a mask on and like you want to ask someone like, oh, what's up? Like, what's going on? How you doing? But no one's done anything for the last five months. So there's not much to talk about. So just getting used to that new normal. And, you know, just the fear of the unknown, I guess, is the biggest thing with me. You just never know what's going to happen. And, you know, everything could be going smoothly. And then tomorrow we get the call that we're all heading back home. So, you know, just trying to take it one day at a time, I guess, especially now that we're back. Yeah, I mean, I agree with y'all. Nick can attest, obviously, it's been pretty weird here at Richmond. I mean, even like just simple stuff going to the dining hall, like following stickers, standing six feet apart, um, you know, not being able to hang out with each other as easily and freely as we are used to, especially during the summers. Um, you know, the summers are big for us and just all hanging out and stuff. So having to be careful with that and, you know, social distance and wear masks and all that, it's just really weird, very, very weird vibes, especially during the summer. Um, but yeah, I guess to take a positive out of it, like you said, never really thought we would get here. We're here now. And uh, we got some sports coming back finally. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, that's just the craziest thing. It's just the fact that this is where we are in 2020, you know. And it's not just on campus everywhere I've been. It's just you just didn't think the world would ever get like this. You didn't think we would ever get to this point where everybody's wearing masks. And we're going to have to go play games at some point. And, you know, I never thought I would be okay with there being there being no fans and, you know, maybe a shortened season. But, like, now we'll just kind of take what we can get and, Hopefully, hopefully we continue on a path where things are going to change, but it's a crazy time. Yeah, I feel like you're uh, I feel like it's crazy too how as quarantine progresses, your change of view on what you'll accept changes as well. So it's like, you know, at the beginning, they're like, oh, well, we might not play with fans next year. And you're sort of sitting there like, man, I'm not doing that. Or like, we're, that'll never happen. And then the farther and farther we get, it's like, Man, I would love to play with no fans right now. Um, so just all those changes are really crazy um, to see as these last few months have sort of progressed. Yeah. So, like, as people, as guys who have been on campus for a while, like, what are, what is your biggest advice for freshmen, like, coming on campus right now as athletes trying to get used to this situation? Like, what is your advice? What are you telling your freshmen? I don't know how many freshmen you guys got, Bryce. So I know we got four. We got five coming in, seven new guys. We got two transfers. But, I mean, you know, I remember, like, the biggest advice I gave freshmen last year was just, like, just don't do anything stupid, like, your first week. Like, because if you mess up your first week, it's, like, 
that sets the tone for how we're going to go throughout the season. But now it's just like, I mean, I, I hate to that this is the advice, but like, it's just like, be safe. Like no one likes, obviously we got to do it, but no one likes being like, Oh, put on your mask. Like this, that, the third, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, yeah, I, like, I understand, like, this is a weird time. You know, it's already hard being a freshman, now being a freshman in a in a global pandemic. But, you know, I know you want to you experience college. That's everyone's favorite part about getting there is just being in college and having freedom and, and doing all these different things. But it's like, I mean, you just got to be as safe as you can, honestly. We have, our freshmen actually haven't even got here yet. They don't come until uh, August 1st. So, but that's going to be the advice I tell them, honestly. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I can't imagine being a freshman. I told our coaches this multiple times. I couldn't imagine being a freshman during all of this, um, having to try and come in and do all the things and have all the pressures as freshmen on top of now all these new guidelines and everything like that. But it is what it is. Um, I think my biggest thing of advice would probably just be you know, sort of like Bryce said, just do everything you can to be safe. I think that's everybody's number one priority right now. Um, making sure that, uh, you know, following all the guidelines, doing what we need to do. Because I think if we're able to do that and everybody's able to stay healthy, um, that's the only thing that's going to give us a possibility to have somewhat of a season. So, yeah, I thought about this for a while. And like, I guess, like you said, just being safe and being smart. And like, at the end of the day, like, like you said, like if we want to have some sort of season, we all have to do our part in some way or another. Like we don't want to be the reasons that practices get shut down or stuff. Like I don't know what you guys think. I've actually been surprised at like how little guys have been trying to like go off campus and stuff. Like I thought people would just be itching to like leave. And I'm wondering yeah. how that's gonna go when like school starts. I'm actually really worried. I feel like we're gonna have like an outbreak when school starts. I just feel honestly like the worst part about this situation right now is, you know, um basketball, like obviously all of us like we have like a different reason for wanting everything to be okay. Cause we want to play and we want to have a season and, you know, we want to play games and, and do that. But, you know, other people like regular students, like, you know, I think the biggest fear was like bringing it. I think the biggest fear, especially like when Grant, you're going to test this when we were home, like, you know, we would go work out and like the biggest fear was always just like bringing it back and like, you know, you could be asymptomatic, but like getting a loved one sick or something like that. And my biggest fear now is like, you know, kids are moving back to college and, you know, that fear is kind of away now. So people are just going wild out and like not really care. And then like, then we have to pay the price for that without having a season. So that's definitely one of the biggest things I'm worried about with this coming up. Yeah, I don't know, especially like for, you know, I talked about the dining hall situation earlier. I just don't see how even for a school like Richmond, we only have about 3000 kids when we bring 3000 kids back to campus, how like this dining hall situation we have now would work. I mean, it wouldn't work, right. but um, there's just so many things that they're going to have to figure out and do to keep everybody safe. And I just don't think that they're going to have the most e efficient ways of doing it. So I'm interested to see what they come up with and what they figure out. Um, either way, I'm sure it's not going to be the most uh, fun or, um, yeah, it's just not going to be a lot of fun, to say the least. And I don't know how it's going to go, but I guess we'll find out. I'm interested to see how how we do, especially for us, because we're a smaller school. But I couldn't even imagine having, like, 35,000 kids on campus trying to figure that out. Yeah, no shot. I feel like uh, 
I feel like the first week back, the first two weeks back are going to be really telling on how everybody handles it because, like, I know how the first we, – we all know how the first two weeks of campus are usually. It's just, like, mm-hmm. people, especially people have been cooped up in their houses and their cities for, like, the past four months and they're going to get back on campus and what? They're going to be cooped up again? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to go. I feel like it's going to be, like I said, hot spots all over the place. Do you think that – I know, like, Purdue – I think it was Purdue said that they were going to – test every single student um, before they came back on the campus? Like, do you think that's will become like a mandatory thing for all schools? Do you think that's something that we'll be able to do? Do you think it's something that we should do? I feel like that's the safest way, but like, I've, I've always been on the impression that like the reason that like people don't get tested now is because like they don't have that many tests. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would like it if everybody got tested, but like, what if you come out of school and like a thousand people have it? Like, then what? Like, what are we no. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially like, I mean, obviously this isn't everywhere, but you know, the most common test grant we took, it was like, it's like the CVS one, you know, you make an appointment and they're like, me and Grant, like, it's like a drive through self test thing. And they're like, yeah, you should have your results back in two weeks. And like uh, the getting a test back in two weeks literally does nothing for you. Right. Which for the record, anybody out there who hasn't gotten a test yet, the CVS most general test sucks. 15 seconds each nostril. You feel like you're touching your brain. I do not. If you can get a better test, I highly suggest it. I'll do that one. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I know, like, there are professions and stuff that feel, like, a certain way about, like, us as, like, athletes. And we're students, like, being shipped all over the country to play when they're not going to have regular school. I mean, obviously, we're, like, here to play basketball. And, like, that's the main point or whatever. But, like, how do you feel about that? Like, if we don't have regular classes, but we're still having to play our games? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think it'd be an adjustment. I personally prefer, prefer online class. I don't know how everyone else would feel about it, you know, if we're moving around and everyone else is doing in-person classes. But, I mean, I'd prefer something like that, honestly. Going to class isn't my favorite thing to do, but – yeah I don't know I feel like uh, I mean I feel like obviously if we were doing online classes all remote that would be better for us as athletes I would say just you know less of a chance of people getting contaminated or getting sick Um, but I mean like you said with everything I feel like I've said it 10 times even in our first 10 minutes or whatever here, it's just going to be really weird, man. I don't know what it all is going to be or what it'll look like when the time comes, but whatever it is, it's going to be a big time adjustment. Um, but uh, I, I feel confident in whatever it is. Um, they'll, they'll figure out the best option, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah. I guess the my main question, though, to rephrase, is like, do you feel like you're being – you guys, if we were to play – and, like, let's say they, like, cancel school or, like, we stop playing or they cancel school in, like, November and we still have to play. Do you feel like you're being taken advantage of or does it matter? Like, what is what is your thought process about that? Um, I don't know about what your guys' plan is, like, a school-wise, but after – I want to say after Thanksgiving break uh, on campus, students aren't coming back until, like, the middle of yeah. February. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, like, that would be – I. I assume that'd be a, a good chunk of our season right there if everything starts on time or whatever. So, I mean, I definitely think it's just 
I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say it's like ideal situation, obviously, but you know, at this point I feel anything we got to do to, to have a season to play games, to, you know, compete would, you know, something's better than nothing, I guess. See, uh, when you rephrase it, Nick, and you put it like that, I thinking about that uh, angers me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on my rant about why I think uh, college athletes should be paid, but mm. I think they should to some degree. Um, but if you take away the education part, literally the only other argument on that side is, well, you're getting a free education. Well, now if we're not getting an education, we're just playing to entertain you guys. Right. But, I mean, I want to hoop no matter what. And you know, I'm not going to be the one to complain. And obviously, I'm not like a Zion Williamson who's bringing in millions for the NCAA and the whole tournament and everything. But, yeah, it would definitely be uh, disappointing, to say the least. I think it would be an interesting argument to hear from both sides. Yeah. yeah. Going off your point, too, Grant, I think this uh, – uh, season coming up is going to be a telltale of like if things are actually going to change in regards to what you're talking about and student athletes getting uh you know some type of compensation for what we do and the type of money we bring in because this obviously this situation is way less than ideal than anyone ever thought it was going to be and you know if people still require us to, you know put on risk not only just like put on entertainment but risk our health and possible you know contraction of the virus or you know just anything that can happen all the other risks you take when you're playing sports anyway I think that if there isn't anything that happens after this season um, in regards to compensation then it's a lost cause yeah I I don't know how you guys feel I feel like I'm being a little bit I feel like I'm being taken advantage of a little bit you know what I mean like I know why we're here like there's really no reason for us to be on our campus right now like realistically like there's been like the virus is still around and like there's been no word about the season. Like we don't know if we're going to play yet. I would assume we're going to play for a lot of reasons. And a lot of it is money. And it's like, if we're not going to play, or if we're not going to have school, you know what I mean? Like if we're not going to get the education, we're not going to have classes and we're going to go play a game at Colorado state when like flying still not safe and like all that stuff's not safe. Like, what are we, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, everything, everything comes down to the almighty dollar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ain't no one trying to lose no money. Yeah, I feel them. Like, here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of arguments about, like, the place of athletics on campuses and stuff. And I know that March Madness is, like, a big money generator for the NCAA. But at the same time, it's like, yo, like, we all have, like, grandparents and even family members. Like, we don't want to, like, put them in a position just because we have to go play. And on top of that, we're just going to do it for free, like, and with no class. Like, you know what I'm saying, like, I know people, regular students that aren't coming to school this year because they feel like they're not getting their typical education. So, like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. When obviously, uh, when you lay out all those things, it really is just basically for us athletes, we're just risking our well-being and, more importantly, our loved ones' well-being for essentially nothing. Um, so it's, I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. Well, on a lighter note, I know you two both are, uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's happening in the sports world. I know you guys are both, um, Boston sports fans to a certain extent. And I don't know what you guys have thought about the past couple months, but I think the most exciting news has been Cam Newton going to the Patriots. 
And mm-hmm. listen, as a guy who is not a Boston sports, sports fan, and I would probably can be considered a Boston sports hater, um, Cam Newton, one of the you know one of the iconic quarterbacks in the league going to the Patriots, has been very conflicting. But first, <laughs> as fans, what do you guys what do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel about that? Um, honestly, if you need, if, if any Patriots fans have a, have a doubt in Cam Newton, just go tune over in his Instagram page. And if that doesn't fire you up for that dude to be under center this year, then you shouldn't watch football. Yeah. So I've been waiting for us to talk about this for a minute now. Um, I know we texted in our group chat as soon as it happened. Um, literally when it happened and when y'all texted in the group chat, I'm pretty sure I was in Dallas, Texas at the time literally watching highlights on YouTube of Mr. Newton himself. Um, So it's an interesting signing. Didn't see it coming. Um, I thought that there was an opportunity that it would happen, but wasn't sure totally. I didn't know if Bill would fully commit. I think that was more so of them just waiting to sort of hold out for a little bit more uh, time to get less money. But either way, we got him, and I love it. I think Jared Stidham is good. Everything that I've heard um, of people saying around the facility, they love him. Apparently, he's been really good in workouts. Um, Julian Edelman made a couple comments about how good he was, um, all this different stuff. Yeah, that's, 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 that's changed. That's out the door now. Uh, Mr. Newton is locked and ready to go. I don't see why he wouldn't start. Uh, I hope that he does start to a certain degree. Um, I mean, I just feel like MVP quarterback under Bill Belichick is a hard thing to deny. Um, I think it'll be a magical, magical season for better or for worse. But, you know, that's every year for me. I'm always saying it's going to be a magical season. But we'll see, I guess. but yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think he? Do you think he'll fit in well there with his personality and stuff? I think he'll be fine there personally. As a Patriots fan, I think he'll be great. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously he's a winner at heart. Uh, <laughs> so you take those things into account. Like he realized, I mean, he's not. He, they're they're not putting much money into him. I think he got the the minimum for how many years he's been in the league. So I think he he real he would ha- I would hope he would realize that you know he got put in a more than ideal situation going getting picked up by the Patriots for for that amount so I think he'll be fine up there obviously he's a he's a a talker got a big heart all that stuff you know wears it on his sleeve but I think we'll fit in man listen as a not Patriots fan listen I think that the whole argument about Cam Newton not fitting into the Patriots culture is a bunch of Garbage. It's ridiculous. You guys said Randy Moss. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Literally. And, like, I I don't think – I mean, obviously people, like, hop on Bill Belichick all the time because they think he's just the stick in the mud, which obviously he is to a certain extent. But if you're producing and doing what you need to do, uh, that's all that matters up there in Foxborough. I don't hear you guys talking about distraction. (laughs) Hey, hey, but I will say – Distractions have always been handled. Murder, cut them. Sexual assault, cut them. They've all they've always 
cut it as soon as it happens. But I I think Cam. First of all, I think Cam's personality and this idea that he's a um, locker room cancer and stuff was totally overplayed and blown out of proportion in Carolina. And I've said that ever since he was down there and started having all those problems, I think he was dragged through the mud um, way more than he should have been. And I think he was severely, severely, severely disrespected and underrated, um, regardless of what his last few years were. I know if you go look at the stats, obviously he was terrible, had injuries, all that stuff. But, I mean, it's – the dude's a stud, man. I don't know any way, any way to put it. And I also love, side note, how a lot of people, you know, when he was in trying to get a job, it was – you know, Cam's disrespected. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when healthy, yada, yada, yada. And as soon as that, that them boys up in Foxborough pick him up, it's all of a sudden, a, oh, man, he's not that good. He's not – no. No, me, don't, not, don't no. switch up. Let me tell you something. All right. I, turned in, I tuned into Cam's Instagram about 45 seconds before we got on the Zoom call, okay? And he was – there was obviously, you know, his black – I don't know if you guys have seen it, but, you know, black and white videos – He's on there talking about, I ain't never seen this cam before. This is a different cam. I said, can we start the season today, please? <laughs> like, if this is who we got, bro, I feel like he's bought in. Obviously, all these rocker room talks get blown out of proportion um, with certain people in certain situations, but I don't see if there's any reason it doesn't work out. Yeah. I mean, again, I just feel like – People want to talk about Cam and stuff, but like he's clearly proven he had injuries. I have a lot of issues with his typing on Instagram, the text, that he, the fonts that he uses. I feel like if anything, that's the biggest problem that I have with him as a quarterback is his typing. Do definitely agree with the typing. Hate the little letter thing that he decides to do. <laughs> don't have a problem at all with how he dresses. I don't understand the hate for the hats and the. The romper, I'm all for it, baby. I need all the flash possible up in New England. I feel like he's just going to bring a different, like, vibe to New England. Listen, again, as a self-proclaimed Boston sports hater, I feel like, you know, Tom Brady, like, the Bruins, like, the Red Sox, they're all just a bunch of just, like, ugh, guys. And just, like, Like, you guys have, like, for every Manny Ramirez you guys have, you guys have, like, a Jason Baratek and a Dustin Pedroia. They're like, I just don't care. Like, I want to hate. And a Julian Ellen. Some squares, huh? squares. And it's like, give him this guy. You said the word vibe. He's good. I think that's a perfect word to describe it. I think the vibe that he will bring will definitely be different, obviously. Um, I think he has a swagger about himself that I – Whoever was going to be the one to replace TB12, shout out to the GOAT, um, they would have to have a certain amount of confidence and swagger uh, about themselves. And he certainly got that, and he certainly has tools and physical abilities that Tom Brady uh, dreams of. Um, So I think Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick will have no problem cooking up uh, a whole bunch of schemes and plays for for him to succeed. I'm excited that I might potentially get to see my favorite football team finally run some read option. I I thought that was something I would never see. All right. So what are realistic expectations for Cam 
listen, he hasn't played football in a while and hasn't played mm-hmm. high level football in a while. And I understand why we're excited about him because he's cool and he had a really yeah, he's he's a good quarterback. The Patriots aren't gonna be the same defensive unit they were last year, I think. And they have some questions to fill in offense, I feel like. What are realistic expectations as Boston fans for Cam and for the Patriots? Is it Super Bowl or Buster? Like what what are you guys thinking? So I going in, I think we lost we've lost about three or four people that played on defense, but besides that, everybody all the main the defense will be fine. Not worried about the defense at all. Uh secondary uh, defensive line, maybe one hole to fill or so. Linebackers will be fine. Defense will be great. Offense, offensive line will be hopefully good. We had two guys that we drafted, uh, not this past year, but the year before that were injured. Um, one of them didn't even make it to uh, preseason. So hopefully some of those guys can fill some holes there. Obviously, wide receiver depth chart, not very deep. Um, but Mohamed Sanu with a understanding of the offense this year, obviously Julian Edelman will be Julian Edelman. Um, I think, I think Nikhil Harry, our rookie last year is good. I'm not sold. He's a little slow, but I think his size makes up for some of that. So I think he'll be all right this year. So if Cam Newton comes in and has a good grasp on the offense, um, a good understanding of the concepts and sort of is in control of things to a certain extent. I'm saying 11 and five for the boys, wow. <laughs> 11 and five. Um, obviously every year as a Patriots fan is Super Bowl or bust. No questions asked whether that happens or not. We'll see, but 11 and five for the regular season is, uh, is what I'm locking us in at. I was going to say about, nine and seven I just don't wow think, I don't think he's played football <laughs> long, like he hasn't <laughs> played football in too long for it to be obviously a Super Bowl team this that third blah blah and I'm kind of concerned about the wide receiver core we got out there outside of Julian Edelman man all right we can have the Julian Edelman conversation for another day but future Hall of Famer, but we'll just throw that out there for the people. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. So, will Camden be a top 15 quarterback in the league next year? Will he be better than Josh Allen? Oh my gosh, yeah, I would be better than Josh Allen. Uh, nah, I actually, I actually like Josh Allen. People hate on him a lot, and I think he gets a lot of shade from Bills fans because he's a little out of control, and makes bad decisions, turns the ball over a lot, but yeah. But uh, I think that kid's a stud. If he can wheel it in a little bit on the decision-making, I think he'll be really good. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> I'm all in on the Cam Newton train, baby. He's going to be a top-five quarterback in the league in that system next year if he gets it. And that's uh, that's stamp. You can lock me in for it. Yeah, I. the Bills are obviously the guys, the team that you guys have to compete with. I'm not sold on the Bills. I think if you have Josh Allen as your quarterback, you're going to have some clear limitations. And listen, Stefan Diggs, he thinks that he can go to Buffalo and get all these good passes. Listen, He left your boys. Listen, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And if you think you're going to, if you think you're going to go to Buffalo and get better passes, you're sadly mistaken. Okay. 
how did you feel about Steph? I mean, obviously, I was upset that he was coming to the AFC East. How did you feel about your boy Diggs leaving your Vikings out to dry like that? Listen, I can't say the words that I want to say on this podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think we shipped him off to the best place for me to be happy because Josh Allen is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league. That's care. what I'm saying. That's That was my thing about the Diggs thing. It was like. Uh, a whole obviously him and uh, Thielen were apparently upset with Kirk Cousins and how his inaccuracy was a problem and getting overthrown. You made a not so better pick at quarterback in terms of accuracy. Jesus, it's just like how could you be so selfish? And it's just like Kirk Cousins was very accurate. Sorry, we had Dalvin Cook back there. <laughs> like I don't know what more you can want. Like. Listen, I, I was skeptical of Kirk Cousins. I'm not gonna lie, I was very happy with Case Keenum. He got us. He got us to the doorstep. I'm thinking we gotta we gotta give this man some more money. Let him come back, and run it back. I'm very pleased with Kurt in his production, and I think that Stephon Diggs is gonna go to the NFC or the AFC um, East. And you think you had problems with the Packers? Wait till you see what the Patriots have for you. That's all I'm gonna say about that. There you go. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Would you guys have rather had Jameis or Cam? <laughs> Don't lie. So, okay, so here's the thing about Jameis is I – obviously, he is not a great quarterback, as we have all seen on the, the big <laughs> stage here in the NFL. But I will say – and you can go back to my Twitter when I was in high school or whenever he was there – running the show at FSU, I got in legit Twitter arguments with people dying on the hill that Jameis Winston was the man. And he was. I said, he wins ball games. Literally, any, any people were whipping out stats. All the, he, he wins ball games. Undefeated, national championship. Should have won it the next year. Got ripped, by, ripped off by uh, the boys from Oregon, whatever. Offensive line didn't really do him a lot of justice in that game. It is what it is. But I, I, I will preach for Jameis any day. But I think in this situation, I would definitely take Cam based off of <laughs> based off of last year's performance. Yeah, uh, definitely on top of that. And I prefer athletes back there. And for some reason, like Jameis Winston doesn't scream athletic to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I would pass on him every day of the week. All right, I feel you guys. I really do. But this man threw 30 touchdowns last year. Uh, he threw 30 interceptions. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when we think about all-time great quarterbacks, they've all had a season like that before. You act like Peyton Manning hasn't had a, a bad season or two throwing the ball. He has, 100%. And I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking at this guy. He's young. He throws for a bunch of yards. I think, obviously, I love Cam. Cam will be great, probably. But at the same time, Jameis is young. He has that same leadership quality that we see in Jam- that we see in Cam. I think Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick would get that guy to a to a different level. Oh yeah, honestly. I mean, I have no doubt. Like. Honestly, when there was rumors swirling that we were thinking about picking up Jameis and all that, I was – everybody was uh, going off. I was cool with it. I was like, let's do it. 
there's really not a lot of quarterbacks out there um, where we could say that, like, we're picking them up, and I'll be like, ooh, I don't think he could be good there. Like, I think McDaniels and Belichick will have anybody wheeling and dealing uh, at some point. Obviously, depending on talent level, you know, some might be higher than others, but there can be some amount of success. And I agree with you. I think Jameis has a lot of talent regardless of his 30 interceptions and constant, constant, just terrible decisions. But I, I think I think he'll be fine. He just needs to – some better coaching. Someone needs to bring him in a little bit. He'll, he'll be all right. How many quarterbacks of all time have had more yards – have passed for more yards than Jameis did last year? I don't even know the answer to that question. I'm assuming one, two, maybe. I don't know. Bryce, what you what are you thinking? How many how many more quarterbacks have passed for more yards than Jameis did last year? I'll say four, five. It's four. It's Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees four times, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. This man's in elite company. Elite company. He's a sick guy for that, actually. (laughs) He threw for 5,109 yards last year. Yeah. I understand what the concerns are. Did he have 100 attempts per game? (laughs) Good Lord. What were you saying, G? Um... He had the thing is like he had a, a, an elite wide receiving core. Yeah. Like those boys down there can ball, and it's not just Mike Evans. Uh, which shout out to my boy Tom Brady. Uh, you know I, I'm sure he's gonna have plenty of success down there. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. But like I said, I was all in on the Jameis train in uh in college. I'm all I'm rooting for him here in the NFL. But I would be certainly uh, damned if my starting quarterback threw 30 interceptions. I would not be watching next season until he showed me some more promise. I can't I can't imagine as a Tampa Bay fan the roller coaster that, that guy took you on. Just 30 um, touchdowns, 5,000 yards, eighth all-time for single-season passing, and 30 interceptions. Jesus. <laughs> Like, can you imagine the roller coaster he just put those people, the people of Tampa through? Like, what do you even say? It's something we talk about often, Nick, in in the sports world. How they they just they just bring you up. He's one of those guys that just brings you up, brings you up, brings you up, and then just rips your heart just straight out of your chest. That's it. Um, I guess the most important point is he has the same amount of playoff completions as. Carson Wentz, so. (laughs) (laughs) I knew a Carson Wentz jab was coming eventually. (laughs) Shout out to our teammate Jordan Gately, um, big time Eagles fan. Uh, I think I'd have have Jameis or Cam over Carson Wentz. Just going off playoff moxie. I mean, at this rate, we might take you or me over, over Carson. Listen. I've never said that he's allergic to play to the playoffs. I would never say such a thing. Such a rude never. thing. We would never say something so mean and hateful ever. But I've heard some people say that. You know? There is word on the street that he potentially 
is allergic to the playoffs. That's all. That's all. I would never help spread it. You know, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just telling you what people are saying. Would you take uh, Ryan Tannehill over uh, Camden next year? I wouldn't take Ryan Tannehill over me with my left hand. <laughs> Bro, I promise. I The fact that the Patriots lost them is sick. I mean, obviously they had Thanos in the backfield uh, just running through everything. So Ryan Tannehill literally just he, – he could have been anybody and probably won the game. But, God, that guy is – I mean – Congratulations to him, I guess, but my lord, how do you sit in the locker room and just be like, "Yeah, I actually helped win that game. <laughs> I had a huge part in that win." Like, bro, no, you didn't. <laughs> but hey, they beat they beat the boys, so <laughs> whatever. A lot of people are talking about Ryan Tannehill as, as if he's the next Joe Montana for next year. It's just like slow your roll. He was in Miami, and there's a reason he was the backup to Marcus Mariota. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, also, a, a couple more key facts. Uh, um, Jameis Winston has had seven comebacks and 11 game-winning drives in his career. Um, Kirk Cousins has had 10 comebacks and 13 game-winning drives in his career. Carson Wentz, six comebacks and eight game-winning drives. So, <laughs> if we're just going by the numbers and the production – People who say Carson Wentz is this, this the next coming of God as the quarterback, they need to go sit down. Hey, you already know. You already know what my thoughts are on that, man. Guy just he, he hasn't shown me anything. Uh, it's not his fault. I mean, injuries. I understand. Just how am I supposed to be a judge of him as a football player if he's not on the field? You know what I'm How can you sit me? here and tell me he's better than people when he's not on the field? That's all I'm going to say. Regular season, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. What do y'all got next? Do you want to talk about – do you guys want to talk about the Redskins thing or, or not? Up to y'all. Yeah, speaking of football, what, what are the thoughts? How do we feel about the name changes going on? Redskins, obviously, are about to change theirs. The Indians have – now, the Indians started to do theirs, like, last year. Now they're, like – or they changed the logo – and change it to the C. Now they're going to change the name, apparently. Um, well, what do you guys think about all, all that? Um, my eyes have been, like, the thing that got me, obviously not a Redskins fan, obviously I understand the social justice issue that is connected with it. But, like, the people that, like, both ways act like this is a big deal need to shut up like they like sit down like this isn't affecting your daily life in the slightest a bit whatsoever like i understand like that it's important to you know do things like that and recognize like that that is messed up but people that are like oh like this needs to be this should have happened a long time ago or the people that are like oh like why are we changing the name now like (laughs) all those people just need to sit down like that's not affecting your life at all. Like, just get over it. Like, it is what it is. Let things happen. It's 2020 now. You know, things change. But that's my take on it. Yeah, I feel like um, as far as any, like, symbolism or whatever that's, like, offensive, I feel like it should be changed. Yeah. And I agree with Bryce in the fact that, like, the people that are, like, super mad about this changing 
Like, they don't care that much. Like, I don't think they care as much as they, like, let on to care. I think that, like, after this year, like, they're going to be completely fine with whatever happens or whatever the name is, if it's the Red Hawks or, like, whatever. I don't think they're going to care. So I feel like it's important to do stuff like that just because, like, you don't want to offend somebody on purpose, you know what I mean, or on accident, but, like, especially on purpose, if you can control it, like, why would you do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you guys. I think it's very simple in the sense, like, if it's offending that group of people, then it needs to be changed, period. Um, But obviously both sides have sort of, like, gone back and forth. And I think the the people that want the Redskins to keep their name and are super – loud about it i i don't know like bryce said i mean it's not really affecting your daily life um i don't think any change will really bother you that much obviously maybe for like a year or so and then everybody's going to sort of forget about it and whatever they change it to is going to be perfectly fine so i think it should just be changed uh pretty simple what do you guys red tails red wolves i've heard a bunch of different things what what do we like because i kind of like all sort of both of those first two options that I threw out there. I don't know if you guys have heard any other ones. I'm all for like the D like, I think the best name in sports is the G league team for the wizards, the go goers. So anything DC related (laughs) that we can throw in there, I'm all for. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I think Washington historically has some of the worst names for teams. I think that, like, the Mystics and the Nationals and the Wizards, it's just like, what are we doing here? Are we at, like, a children's, like, party? Or are we, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think that – I think we need to get away from the Magic theme. I think the Wizards and the Mystics, they got that. Yeah. I think that uh, – I don't know. I feel like – listen, this is going to be unpopular. I feel like the Washington football team is pro- is kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Washington football team. <laughs> Okay. Okay. What would what would what would you, what would you imagine the logo being for that? It's like a football. Yeah, a football. <laughs> a football with a W on it. Oh man. Do you think uh do you think they will change their color scheme? Because if you look at all the professional sports teams in DC, they've sort of got that red, white, and blue. Um, some people I know I've seen some stuff on Twitter about them maybe potentially changing color schemes as well as the name. I wouldn't be a fan of that. I think you should keep the colors that you have. But I don't know. Maybe the Washington football team with some red, white, and blue would look sick. Well, would be super <laughs> sick. Listen, I and I think that, um, like, the colors aren't the problem. The colors aren't the problem at all. And, like, when I grew up, St. John's was the red men. And then, like, out of nowhere, they changed to the red storm because people were like, that's, that's bad. So, like, I think that the colors aren't the problem. I think – I don't really like the the Redskins colors, you know. I think they're kind of lame. Yeah. Uh, but keep the color. That's fine. The Washington football team. I think the, those colors look perfect for a Washington football team. Kind of. Yeah. Don't really get I think. I think if you're able to keep the colors too, no matter what you change your name to, because like you said, obviously the name should be changed. But if you keep the colors, whatever you transfer the name to, like it would just be a much smoother transition. Um, you know, you're still able to keep the colors. You're still able to keep um, those colors in the stadium and stuff like that. And you're just changing the name. I think it would just be a much easier process for them if they keep the colors. Yeah. 
So we have the Washington Go Go's. You want the Go Go's? Is that what you? Is that what you got? Right. I'm not necessarily the Go Go's, but all for DC, like the DC reference, Go Go music, all that. I think that was pretty cool. The phone so anything DC related, and according <laughs> to, I'm looking at Belisha report right now of possible names, and if it's any of these, then the Washington football team would have been <laughs> the best choice because I can't stand any of these. We got the Renegades. Oh my gosh. The Pigskins. Red Hawks. Eh. Federals. Eh. Yeah. So the football team is my favorite, is now my number one choice. When you think about it, sports names in general are kind of stupid. So, like, you know, I, I don't mind the, the Red Hawks. I feel like there's a lot of support for the Red Hawks or whatever, which, you know, the Red Tails. Listen, I really think the football team is cool. <laughs> like I said, the Washington organization since the 80s, they've just been like a bland team that just doesn't really get the job done. The Washington yep. team, I think, perfectly encompasses that organization. And, and like, everything that they stand for. <laughs> just doesn't get the job done. Oh, man. So, sort of talking about football, obviously, they've got a little bit more time um, the NFL to get started. Uh, but we got the NBA and MLB starting up this week. Um, you know, like we said here at the beginning of the podcast, we're not huge basketball people here, so we're going to start talking baseball first. Um, Friday, is, no, Yankees are tomorrow, right? I guess. I guess by the time people hear this, the games will have already started. But yeah. yes. So, what do you think about a? Baseball starting back up. How do you think it's going to go? Do you think they'll be able to do it? All that stuff. Um, and be more specifically for my man Nick, what's a Yankees prediction for me this year? I feel very – listen, as a Yankees fan, yes, I like the, the Vikings and the Yankees and the – like, I, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. I'm not going to support the Redskins or those teams. Listen, if I would have known the Nationals were going to win the World Series – 14 years ago. Trust me, I would have been on the bandwagon, but it's too late for that. <laughs> but as a Yankees fan and as a baseball fan, one, this took too long. I feel like, you know, obviously the money, all that stuff is important. But we got Garrett Cole. We got – everybody's healthy right now. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like we had some good scrimmages. Now we're playing the Mets, who, again, I think us three could start for the Mets in the field. Literally, literally. I think, I think I might be a better first baseman than Alonzo. I can't swing the bat like him, but I can definitely feel much better than he can. <laughs> but I think if the Yankees don't win 44 games in the World Series, I think the Astros should be banned from the playoffs. They have a good roster. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Also, total side note, pause, timeout. I think, was it three Astros got plunked yesterday in their scrimmage? So yeah. I love just – Throwing this out for the people love that that's off to a hot start. Yeah. Um, if we go, what is it, 60 total games that we came to? Mm-hmm. If they, if we go a single game without one of them getting plunked, then we're not doing things right in the MLB. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, continue. Sorry, just had to throw that out there. I feel like we have, to, I feel like we have to win 40 to 45 games. Um, I don't like this bizarre playoffs throwing out there because I feel like that's just right for like the A's to win. And we've talked about it. Me and G have talked about this before. Bryce, you can give us your opinion. I feel like if it's like a not a big city team that wins as a as an organization, 
we need to reevaluate what we have done to allow the Oakland Athletics to win the World Series. You know, I feel like that could happen this year. Why? Why? Why do we want the Tampa Bay Rays to win the World Series? There's nothing nope. good that comes from that. <laughs> nothing. Zero. And also, I feel like the 60 game season. Because that's why I was like when they were in these talks, I was hoping that it would just be at least 80 because I feel like 80 is a good amount of games. Um, you get a good sense of like who's actually good and who's not. 60, if you start off hot and go on a little run, uh, you're in the hunt. Like you're in there. You know, if you have a good first 20, you're, you're in the hunt. And I feel like it's just setting up for, like you said, these organizations that we don't care about to win in the playoffs. Yeah, obviously baseball is out of my wheel, my my uh, wheelhouse of sports. Um, but in the sense of how things are going to work, uh, the commissioner for the MLB might be one of the most incompetent human beings I've ever seen in my life. I'm like I don't even think like he knows what's going on. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he woke up and looked at his phone. He's like, "Oh, baseball's starting tomorrow." Like it's not a surprise. Like this dude is the most incompetent human being I've ever seen in my life. So it'll be a miracle if, to me, if this moves smooth smoothly. I don't know how are they? They're bubbling up. What are they doing? No, no bubble. bubble. No bubble. Okay, so yeah, with this dude in charge. I don't really know how that's going to work out. Obviously, 60 games is a very short season for baseball, so hopefully they can get through that. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Dude, I would lose my mind if, like, Aaron Judge got COVID like the week before the playoffs. I would literally cry. Literally you know what I'm saying? Hey, and that's something that I thought about, like, even all the way down to, like, our season. It's like with all this sports time and stuff, it's like, for example, like our season, it's like, oh, uh, we play VCU on Friday, and uh, Grant and Nick, uh, they tested positive, so they can't play. Like, that's the kind of stuff we got to worry about now. Jesus. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, So, in uh, retrospect, uh, obviously, Nick's a Yankees fan. We're Red Sox people over here. Um, Bryce sort of – Bryce doesn't really know what baseball is, but – if he were to root for one, it would be the Red Sox. I know deep down in my heart. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we have Nathan Eovaldi starting on opening day, so that's Red not a great start. Will the Red Sox win 20 games? Yeah, they'll win 20. I think, I think 30 to 35 games is, is the max for us. Um, I just think the pitching is just obviously horrendous. We didn't sign anybody in the bullpen. We didn't take care of that. Chris Sale's not pitching. Um, All these people are big on Eduardo Rodriguez, and I think he's good. Don't think he's great. But they're also talking about potentially signing him to some big contract next year. I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess the 60 games will be a little bit of a – uh, try out for him, I guess, for that. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think our lineup's still pretty good. Yesterday in the little scrimmage, we had J.D. in the two spot, which I don't mind at all. Sort of Mike Trout vibes there in the two spot. Um, 
Um, right, let's slow down with the Mike Trout JD comparison. Just just batting wise, <laughs> just batting wise, similar batting averages, similar amount of home runs the last two years. Um, and then I don't know. I I don't like uh, Big Scoops Devers in the uh, in the three spot. Put him in the four. Um, let's let let's let Xander go three spot. And yeah, if we do that. You know, we'll just go out there and play and see how we do. I don't really have any high expectations. I'm not really expecting anything great. So whatever they give me will either exceed them or be right exactly where I thought they would be. Right. That's generally how I feel about sports in general. But, like, you know, I'm not, I don't really have any big expectations. Unless the Yankees and the Lakers win, then this year doesn't count. So, like, who, like, I just, I'm happy sports are back. Um, if the Astros win this year, obviously it doesn't count. If, you know, honestly, in the NBA, if the Bucks win, I feel like we should not count that one either. <laughs> so I'm glad sports are back. Uh, yeah. Bryce, what do you think about the NBA bubble? The NBA bubble? Um, I don't know. I think that that's the best way to go about sports in general, bringing them back. Um I can't imagine. I'm pretty sure they're down there for three months. That sounds horrible, not being able to leave. Unless, obviously, I just have a Patrick Beverly just left this morning. Right. So, these things, I don't know. I just feel like there's, like, I can't imagine, like, you're going to have to be, obviously us too, but, like, sports in general. Like, you're literally going to have to be, like, a lunatic to, like, run out into a court or a field or whatever it is to the noise, like, to the sound of nothing. Like, just being out there and, like, nothing going on. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this goes, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, do you have any predictions for the NBA season, Bryce, for the last eight games and then the playoffs? Celtics, baby. Come on. We're, we're keeping it in the family over here. Yes. That's yeah. Uh, so, coming – going off of that, uh, Bryce is actually – that's literally the only Boston sports team that he has really uh, – gone all out on ever since we were kids. Um, I was the opposite. Uh, I could care less about the Celtics, but honestly, I'd be okay if the Celtics won. But in as bad as it sounds, you know, it's always LeBron over everybody. If We want LeBron to win. That's it. But I know Nick wants LeBron to win. Shout out to the Lakers, all that. Speaking on that, do how are you gonna feel like if LeBron does win it, they're they're gonna put an asterisk next to it. How do you feel about that? Or on the worst part, if he doesn't win it, they'll be like, Oh well, uh, just another championship he didn't win. Um there are like six or seven teams that like if they win the championship, I feel like we should not count it. Um, the Rockets are number one on the list of teams we shouldn't count if they win. That's a great number one for that list, just by the way. <laughs> the Rockets, um, I don't think the Magic or the Celtics are going to win. But if they do, obviously, I'm not the Celtics, the Magic or the Nets, they win, obviously. Throw that one out there. Yeah. Um, Grizzlies, Nuggets, Jazz, uh, Clippers. So we're not, showing the, we're not showing the Nuggets no love? Come on. Oh my god! Okay, y'all see gonna... their? Did y'all see their lineup for yes. the? Bro, that is absurd. That is the my Nuggets of all time. <laughs> the Nuggets whipped out a lineup in the scrimmage today in the bubble of, uh, Jokic at point guard, 
mm-hmm. uh, what was it, Grant at, yeah. at the two guard. Then it went uh, Bobo, uh, Plumley at the five. And who was the four? Somebody. Bobo? Yeah, somebody Wait, told Bobo me. was the three? Bobo, what? Bobo, I mean, I think, yeah, Bobo was the three, Paul Millsap was the four, Plumley was the five. Yep. This was this was a starting like come out into the court like this is what we're going with to like yes. get us started. Okay, that's yep. sick. That's sick. <laughs> that's sick, man. That said, might be my favorite lineup of all time though in any. So sport. I take that back. If the Nuggets win, we count it. We would probably give them two banners. <laughs> yeah, facts. Shout out to my boy Jokic, favorite player. Went over, went home during quarantine, got really skinny, came back, and they're like, "All right, point guard." That's you now. We were just waiting for you to get skinny. This is what you're going to do now. Yeah, but back to my point. I think that people are just going to find ways to hate on LeBron winning regardless. I obviously hope the Lakers win as a Lakers fan. Um, if they don't win, I hope it's not the Clippers. I would lose my mind if the Clippers won. That would, that's the worst-case scenario. Um, the Bucks. I don't want the Bucks to win. I don't want a team from Milwaukee to win under any circumstance. I think that's just bad for business. Yeah, uh, agreed. But my honest finals prediction, and hear me out on this one. This is going to be wild. I think it's going to be the Lakers versus the Heat for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I'm sold on the Miami Heat. I think that um, Bam is going to be able to guard Giannis. And I think that the Heat play just hard enough and they present just enough problems. And – Whatever, who's a better player, Giannis or Jimmy Butler? Obviously Giannis. Uh, not obviously, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to Butler. If we're, playing, if we're in a playoff situation, you're telling me you're taking Giannis, who lost four straight games in the conference finals, over Jimmy Butler? You're lying. Couldn't be me. I couldn't take him. He has that Carson Wentz syndrome, if you ask me. Uh, Shout out to my man Sullivan you one of our teammates here at Richmond. Um I told him that I do want to see uh, one of the Wisconsin-based professional sports teams win something. But from us right now, it looks like the Milwaukee Bucks this year is not what we want. So, there we go. Bryce, what you got for the finals? I'm going to go Celtics-Lakers. Wow. Celtics-Lakers. I think, I, I think the Lakers are going to win it. And that presents its whole – obviously, that's good for business. Is that there, blah, blah, blah. And the LeBron argument, though, that presents a big problem for him. He just literally lost a year of his life to win a championship that's going to have an Asher yeah. forever. So, And he's definitely not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got Lakers, obviously, Braun. Um Jeez, I don't, I don't even know like who plays in the East. Really, I don't watch enough basketball for that. But uh, I want to see the Celtics come out, um, just so I can see my boy Marcus Smart play in the finals. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I guess the, I guess I'll go with the Seventy Sixers. Why not? They're pretty solid, right? They're, they're okay. Obviously saying that I want the Celtics to win and this is contradicting yourself, but I'm all for any 76ers success that comes out of this too. Listen, again, I hate Philly sports, but when the Celtics, I mean, when the Sixers decided to go with Horford and Bede and that lineup, oh my goodness, a dream. 
<laughs> Literally a dream. I am fine with them doing whatever. Like, obviously, I wish they had – there was a different team. But it, I wouldn't be surprised if Sixers did, did some stuff because that lineup is just insane. All right. Anything else? You guys got anything else for that one? No. That's, I, that was already way more basketball <laughs> talk than I've gotten in the last, like, month. So. Yeah. All right. So, last thing, we're all going to give our, our list. We decided we're going to say uh, – each of us, we're obviously all big sports fans or whatever. We're going to talk about the three worst days that we've had as a sports fan. It could be any sport, any time, whatever. Um, anybody want to start off? Mm. Yeah, so I'll start off with my num- – this is number one. The other two are sort of interchangeable. Uh, not really, but number one easily, uh, helmet catch. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I don't think I've said his name since uh, it happens. I don't talk about it. It is what it is, and I don't want to talk about Eli Manning either. So that's that's it for me. That's all I have for my first one. Bryce? Um, the separation of the big three in uh, Boston, obviously, when Paul Pierce and KG went to the Nets, which just was horrible, obviously, after winning a championship together and then – the whole, you know, Rondo couldn't do this, couldn't do that locker room problem. Ray Allen goes to Miami and things kind of fall apart there. So that's probably number one for me. All right. I'm going to start with mine. This is this is my worst day. I was going to start with my least, but this is my worst. Uh, 2015 Vikings versus Seahawks. Wild card playoff game. Uh, it was outside. Uh, it was – it was a tough game. My type of football, 10-9, we're going to establish the run. The defenses are going to be on top of things. We were playing – the Vikings hadn't built their indoor stadium yet, so we were playing at the University of Minnesota. It was a rugged – you know, just a, just a great football game. We have the ball. We got Teddy Bridgewater back. They're leading us down the, down the field. I remember Adrian Peterson rips off a monster run, and we're, like, at, like, the – we're at, like, the 17-yard line with, like, five seconds left. I'm thinking, lock us in. They didn't think we are going to win this one. These guys are, like, the defending champions. We're going to go ahead and take this, take this from them. I go in the laundry room. It's me and my little brother. Go in the laundry room. I'm like, Chris, I can't watch this. Tell me when this is over. And for some additional context, our kicker at the time, Blair Walsh, we called him Legatron. He was automatic. He was, like, insane. <laughs> he was kicking 50-yarders all year. I'm thinking, this 22-yarder, this is nothing. This is the Easy. easiest kick of his career. Easy money. So – I'm in, I'm in the laundry room. My brother goes, Nick, he missed. I'm like, all right, like, stop messing with me. No, he really missed. I go out there, I look at it. I've never seen a kicker shank a kick from so close, so badly in my life. It was literally, I, I, I cried, I was upset. And I, I remember specifically, I went to go watch Rice versus North Texas women's basketball after the game to clear my brain. <laughs> of what I just <laughs> next two days, easily the worst sports moment. It was it was it was it was a trash. It was it was one of the worst kicks of all time. Blair Walsh. This is the first time I've talked about him. Similar to you and uh, David Tyree. Similar. It's just I haven't. And and Blair Walsh went to the Seahawks later in his career. Like what a what a what a scumbag. So that's where we're going. <laughs> there it is. Um, next one for me, which honestly, people. 
don't talk about it as much, but this one honestly might be worse than the helmet catch when you go back and look at it, just uh-huh. because it was the second time we lost to them and everything. But losing to the Giants the second time, uh, obviously I was too young to sort of remember the first three Super Bowls of the dynasty. I vaguely remember the Eagles one and watching it, but besides that, I don't really remember too young. Um, so we're supposed to be this big, bad dynasty, and I've seen us go 0-2 in Super Bowls that I truly, truly remember the whole game. Um, and oh, I'm pretty sure it was about seven. It was 17-15. It was a second and 10 or second and 12, something along those lines. Four minutes to go. Five wide. Remember it like it was yesterday. Wes Walker goes up that seam wide open, drops it, would have put us inside the red zone. Uh, I think if he catches that, it's essentially game over. I think Tom Brady punches it in inside the uh, inside the red zone or at least runs enough time on the clock where they wouldn't have been able to, to turn it around and go score a touchdown because we could, would have gotten a field goal out of it. But that, that's number two for me. Um, my number two was kind of mixed emotions. Um but it was watching the Toronto Raptors walk into a, a finals championship last year after KD went down. Uh, Clay tears his ACL. Like literally, the team, the the Warriors consisted of, of Steph and the Sharando High School basketball team, and it was just sickening to watch. I've been a big KD dude forever, so watching him get hurt um, and his whatever his Achilles roll up. In the slow mo video, we've all seen it is nasty, but then I was, but then again, like just like the Toronto just isn't a team that should be winning NBA championships to me. But can't argue that one. <laughs> so the second one, like I said, we could do a whole Vikings podcast about their failures as an organization and winning the big ones. Um, but this one was in 2009, and I remember this whole season like it was yesterday. We had got Brett Favre, and I'm thinking, you know what? We're going to the Super Bowl. Like, this is a, a Super Bowl team. Like, it's a Super Bowl. This is the year. Um, and there's just so many emotions. Because like, it's like one of the first games that I could stay up late and watch. It was a long time ago. Like, I was young. Like, my parents didn't let me, really let me stay up late for games. Um, and we're playing the, the New Orleans Saints. And I feel like this game really set the Saints up for failure since then because they can't beat us in the playoffs now. But that game – uh, Brett Favre was the quarterback. The Saints put a bounty on Brett Favre. So many missed calls. So many just horrendous officiating. It just seems like we're meant to lose. And then Brett Favre throws a pick in the in the fourth quarter. Oh, and I said I was sick. <laughs> I was sick. Oh man. Apparently we we it, it was one of the worst. It was the worst night. This was this might be worse than the other one because at least we we were close to the Super Bowl. And then Garrett Hartley kicks a 40-yard field goal to win in overtime of the NFC Championship game. Oh, I, again, another moment I cried like a little baby. <laughs> it was the first night of my life. Um, we, we, like, allegedly got back to another NFC Championship game recently. I don't think that game counts. Um, <laughs> I don't remember it. I only remember us beating the Saints at the end. But, yeah, the Saints-Vikings 2010 playoff game, terrible awful. Sean Payton should have been fired from the league. The Saints should have gotten stripped of their Super Bowl. It should have gone to – just so many – they're like the Astros. They don't deserve anything else that good to happen to them. The Saints. So that's my yeah. – 
There it is. Um, my third one, uh, who probably would be 2015 AFC Championship, getting dogged by Peyton Manning. Not dogged, but losing to Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Uh, not partially because 2014 is probably the happiest year of my life with that Patriots season, um, being the Seahawks. That was just the best year ever. Um, but going there, being so close in Denver, knowing that it was probably going to be the last time that Tom Brady was going to get a shot at Peyton Manning. I mean, he's better than him anyway, but it's just last time to really, like, put him in the dirt. Didn't get to do that. And just watching Peyton Manning just absolutely get carried to a championship by his defense was just disgusting to watch. So losing that AFC championship and not going to Super Bowl that year was pretty, pretty gross. Hmm. My number three doesn't come from, well, a little bit of a, a fan perspective. We're going to go Connor McGregor losing to Floyd Mayweather was a, a tough one. I was big time on the Connor McGregor train. Um, just, I don't know. You guys have all seen his interviews and, just, like, the amount of swagger this dude walks in. He could have literally been like, all right, yeah, I'm going to be the quarterback for the Patriots. And I would have been like, they're probably going to win. So I had I was betting on that man and anything. Um, but then, like, just watching him just get abused in, like, the sixth and seventh round and dropping, I was just like, probably shouldn't have put so much faith into this man anyway. But Yeah, that's a good one. I remember that one. I was actually – uh, Connor actually did better than I thought he was going to do in that uh, in that matchup. Obviously, he got gassed. Yeah, I think we all watched it at the apartment, Nick. Right, and we were yeah. sort of like sitting there, like, "Whoa, he's kind of he's kind of putting up a good fight here." Right, right, right. All right, my last one is a little bit of a wild card. I'm going to give you guys some honorable mentions. Obviously, um, the fake NFC Championship game against the Eagles a couple of years ago that was that was tough. Uh, that, that was, was very. That was a tough one to watch just knowing that you were my teammate and a Vikings fan to start out that hot and just collapse. Uh, uh, it was sick. Also underrated, uh, I think the 2000, I want to say 17, 17 or 18 ALCS game seven, and we lost to the Astros. And it was bad because we had a recruit dinner that night, so I couldn't watch the game. And mm-hmm. I'm convinced that's why we lost is because I couldn't watch the game. And – yeah, so I was convinced that that was the reason we, why we lost and whatever. All right, but the actual worst day, like this is one of my all-time worst. And backstory, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I think he's probably my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, no athlete has impacted my life as much as Russell Westbrook. I don't know what he does. I think just the way he plays, all that stuff or whatever. The 2016 Western Conference Finals, Oklahoma City versus the Golden State Warriors is a day that will live in infamy forever. There's a lot of <laughs> um OKC was up big. I'm thinking they're gonna, they're gonna go to the finals. I'm thinking my man Russ, there's gonna be no more Russ Steph comparison. Steph Steph is clearly inferior to, to Russ. And this man Clay Thompson scores a trillion points in the third quarter, third and fourth corner, and they lose. And you just know that if you can't close out a game at home to go to the to go to the finals, to go to the championship series. You're probably just not meant to win the game. Yeah. And good. Also, that series is basically the beginning of the end of all the fun in the NBA for the next couple of years. That Ooh, snake goes to, to Golden State 
And yeah, so that that's cool. That ruined the NBA. The little fun that I did have with the NBA just got tossed on the drain with that series. So yeah, I couldn't believe that they were active. We talk about this so often. Just like, how could you live with yourself to go out there and play like that? You know what I'm saying? You guys just have be, you guys and they were up three to one. Like, oh my right goodness. there, right there. You just got it. Coach Mooney says it so often. How could you not care in here, in here, mm-hmm. deep in the deepest pits of your stomach? How can you not care? It's like, man. And this is also another bad one. This is the last. I'll end with this one. Uh, this is going to be like an NBA. Like, if you're like an NBA fan, you remember this game. Again, as a Russell Westbrook fan, he takes a lot of heat. We got Paul George. Before the playoffs started, Paul George was talking about how he's playoff P and, like, all this garbage about how good he's going to be in the playoffs. They get the Jazz in the first round. I'm thinking this is going to be an easy series. Sweet. These guys lose in six games. In the final game, Russell has, like, 46 points or whatever. He has, like, 40 points. But he took 50 shots. Whatever. Who cares, right? Like, when you have garbage teammates – you have to shoot all the shots. Um, in that first round, in the last game, Paul George, this this MVP candidate, this fraudulent basketball player, goes two for sixteen. And what made <laughs> the day and what made the day so worse is everybody's like, Oh, how could Russell take forty three shots? He had, he had forty six points. How could he take forty three shots, all this stuff? This man Paul George had five points in the closeout game. I remember you texting in the group chat, I think, that day and just being Absolutely remiss about what you had just witnessed. Because <laughs> everybody blamed Russell Westbrook the next the next week, the next next year for that series. How how are you supposed to be a superstar and go two for sixteen in a closeout game and have five points? How do you live with yourself? Whatever. Tough one. Tough, Tough one. one. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything else, Bryce Grant? Anything y'all want to get off y'all chest? Anything in the sports world that we missed? Uh, I guess I would say, uh, obviously, we're going to put this out here hopefully soon or an episode. Um, All the people that do listen, please DM me and tell me what you think. Uh, Argue with me. If you don't agree with my points, I would love to hear what uh, you goofies have to say because I know what – I know I'm right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no one's going to tell me that Cam Newton's not going to win a Super Bowl this year. But nah, jo- all jokes aside, like, hit me up. Love to hear what y'all think. Yeah, for sure. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, yeah. We might, if you guys have questions or whatever, might even answer them the next time. So just let us know. All right, fellas. I think that's good to go. Yep, signing off. Cool. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.